Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? We have a very special guest today, Snow God. Snow was born and raised in PG County, Maryland. He graduated Delaware State University with a BA in art management. There he honed his skills in drawing and sculpting and discovered his passion for painting, studying and practicing in different mediums, watercolor, oil, ink. He discovered the fast-paced acrylic paint was his jiggy jam. Snow God enjoys expanding and experimenting with new ways to punch you in the eye with color. Now he incorporates texture in his graphic novel style of pop art as a way to encourage his audience to touch the art. Welcome, Snow God. Thank you for coming by. Thank you so much for tuning in to Creative Habits Podcast. Today we have Snow God, um, a good friend of mine. We worked together um, in the past. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice, beautiful day. I decided to do this outside, so doing real great. That's good. How are you experiencing the COVID pandemic? Um, I had this conversation with someone uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's actually, it sounds very terrible, but I've been like thriving through it a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, throughout this whole, you know, stay, stay, stay in place situation, I mean, I've been staying in place, just doing nothing but work, you know, painting, drawing, a bunch of other stuff. So, What has this quarantine life done for your artistic practice? Like, I know you said that you're painting, but has it brought you into a space where you can create more work or different ideas? It definitely, like, brought me into a space where I, like, can experiment more. Um, before this, it was just strictly painting, uh, many layers kind of like giving like a comic book kind of feel now like this whole pandemic situation like I experimented more with textures and stuff like mm-hmm. that so I bought more things to like you know play with textures a little bit of patterns here and there so it's, yeah like I say it sounds terrible but I've been kind of thriving over it. that's good so you did mention that you previously worked with like comic book styles and themes and I see that a lot in your work does that is that where your inspiration stems from uh part of it yes comics um cartoons anime just just pretty much like that you know kind of like cartoonish like media like i love that like that's mm-hmm. all I, that's what I was raised off of that's all i kind of really watch today as an adult so what was your childhood like and how did that influence your artwork my childhood was like completely different actually like i was raised up like playing nothing but sports baseball Mm -hmm. basketball football um i was i would draw in between like during school like i used to get in trouble for drawing too much in school but like i never thought like i want to be an artist when i grow up so like so my childhood was completely different from how i am right now um yeah like i will always draw in church just that's the only that was the only way i was able to stay up my mom was like passed me like a little pamphlet so instead of like popping my leg and like telling me to wake up, she'll give me like a little pamphlet, like drawing so I can stay up throughout the whole service. But 
yeah, that is it. So what age did you decide that this is what you wanted to do as a career? Like, when did that shift happen? Super late, actually. Um, again, like I said, I grew up playing nothing but sports. So I thought when I was going to college, I was going to play uh, football. And, like, when I got to college, I was about to do, like, all the walk-on stuff. Um, I had no intentions to, like, major in art or anything. I was just focused on walking on for the football team, yada, yada, yada. And then, like, some stuff happened, and I took that as a sign. I was like, all right, maybe I shouldn't be playing football no more. I've done it all my life, so I might as well do something different. And probably eight, it was 19, 18. Yeah, it was like I was 19 years old, and I was like, all right, I'll major in art. That was like my second semester in college. So I was like, all right, let's, let's give this a little shot. Because that's all I really knew, for real. It was just football and like sketching on the side. Wow. So when you started like really getting into art, um, did you have moments where you would think of concepts to create artwork? Or were you just copying off of things? Like what was your creative process when you first started as opposed to now? When I first started, I would really just copy off what I would see, like cartoons, um, Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon. I used to uh, sell Pokemon drawings to like classmates in school, stuff like that. So I would just start copying um, what I was seeing, like go from there. And then like my brother, he one day was like, hey, you got to stop copying, dude. Like you got some kind of talent. So he gave me like my first like real sketchbook. Because the first, at first it was like just like random pages and stuff like that, computer paper. And then he gave me a sketchbook and he wrote a little note in it, basically encouraging me to like create my own stuff. And then from that point, I just started like creating my, it was still like influenced by like what I was seeing, but it was starting to become my own, like, little, you know, characters and stuff like that. Then I started really thinking about, all right, what I want my person to do, how I want my person to stand, um, and stuff like that, yeah. Mm. I, I really do like that. And I like that you've um, taken the things that you are inspired by, such as like comic books and cartoons. But the nice thing that I like about your work is you shift it. Um, I think like me with me growing up, I never saw like black girls in cartoons as much yeah. as I did black boys. But even if black boys are represented, it was maybe in two or three cartoons out of 25. But mm. that's what I like about your work where I see that you still have that feel from where you came from, like your childhood and those ideas of like cartoons, but you've made it so that representation is more than just one, a one side of what a comic or cartoon style can be like. Yeah. You depict black women in a very beautiful sense Thank you. in your artwork. My question is, is it intentional that you don't put skin tones on your art pieces, like I noticed that they're very colorful and they're not like a skin tone texture. Can you elaborate more about like why you choose to use different colors? Um, I try to stick with like, you know, kind of like bright, vibrant colors, but still kind of like give you, along with the features, of course, mm -hmm. but still kind of like bring you to give you the idea. This is a black woman. This is a person of color. Um, it is done by choice. Um, other, I've been starting to experiment with like using more browns and golds and stuff like that to like kind of be like more obvious like nah this is a black woman but before that it was like I would try to like use dark purples or uh, grayish uh, grayish violets and stuff like that but like I, I, just, I just really like color but I still want you to know this is a black woman don't get it confused 
So yeah. that, that was always the intentions with that. But that's cool because even because you use different colors, mm-hmm. I never thought that it wasn't a black woman because you did a good job of like maybe using afros or like the textures of black woman's hair or yeah. you would, you know, represent the physique as a black woman's body. So it was very much, you know, obvious what you were doing. And that's what I appreciate about your work. Um, I don't know if the colors were intentional for what you were choosing because you use reds and you use purples, but even with the color red where it, it, it evokes power, do you choose colors based off of meaning or just what you're inspired by? It's a little bit of 50-50. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say every piece I sit down and like, no, I want this. I'm going to be intentional about everything. But I will say there are times like I purposely choose like a color, like, you know, violet is the color of royalty. So yeah. there's a lot of times that there was a phase where I like, I would use a lot of like shades of violet just to like, you know, this is royal. This is some regal, this is some regal stuff I'm working with right now. I, I want you to feel that. So with that, I love gold. So I'll always combine those two together. If, if, if I'm using purple of any kind of like sense, there's somewhere in there, no matter how tiny or how large it is, is going to be gold in there. Because I mm-hmm. want that feel of like, you know, establish uh, that powerful, legal, that feeling to it. Like, this is, this is some royalty. Nice. We are living in a time where the world is standing in solidarity for equality and justice for Black people. Do you feel any obligation as an artist to use your art as a vehicle for promoting the diversity of Blackness that you speak on? Yes. Um... I'm not, very, I'm not very good. I've tried my hand at trying to like be very political with my paintings and like they all came out very terrible. They never seen a light of day to anybody, but I have tried multiple times. So I try to like use what I can do and use like my skill, my strong points and try to like still get the message across in some kind of way. Um, yeah, so like from paintings to like strong black women or strong black men and some kind of futuristic, but like I love Afrofuturism, mm. so I've always tried to like put that in in my paintings to kind of like you know, like equality. Like we like that sci-fi stuff. We love that sci-fi stuff. Let me be clear about that. Um, so yeah, I try to always pull it out like that way. So between you and I, I think we have an idea of what Afrofuturism is. But for our listeners, can you explain what that means to you and kind of how that influences your work? Oh man, that's a hard question to answer. I would, Afrofuturism to me is just like, yo, like for real, like we are the future. Like we was yeah. the past and we the future for real, for real. Um, from like the, the clothes that we design, the clothes that we wear, like stuff all all around that, like the tech that we can, like it sounds so cliche, but like the Black Panthers stuff is pretty much like my answer right there. Yeah. Everything that was in that movie it was like everything that I was like envisioning prior hand. So that's why I kind of love that movie in the sense of like the visuals itself, mm-hmm. because that's everything that I like imagine like our future would be. You know? Definitely. And my idea, like um, I was listening to this podcast on NPR and it was a whole podcast about Afrofuturism. But the, the, the amazing thing that was quoted in that, and I'm sure like you've seen it on T-shirts and stuff is the quote, we are our ancestors wildest dreams. And it's like everything that we are now in our current present day, I don't think our ancestors had an idea 
of what would be possible for us, you know, like where we came from until where we are now, like we are living and breathing Afrofuturism, you know what I mean? Whereas like, I felt like in our history, I think our future may not have been panned out this way for how society wanted black people to function, but can you imagine how resilient we've been able to move forward and just like be amazing, brilliant people that yeah, are yeah. that overcome so many obstacles and you know i think that's the definition of afrofuturism mixed with science fiction and us being in space and all these beautiful stories that we're able to create yeah yeah have you seen have you seen like the, like not the last one probably like two episodes ago the uh lovecraft country yes I that have. you you know what part I'm talking about? Yes, right? absolutely. I don't, I, don't, I don't want nobody you know spoilers in, but right. that part right there that that hit me right in the heart. Exactly, and that's, and that's why I love stories like that too. Or the fact that we had so many people that were vehicles for us to pursue all of these different stories, or yeah. to paint the type of stuff that you're making. You know, like I I rarely see like a black man or a black woman just focus on those type of things. You know, like that are so heavy into cartoons, so heavy into comics, but also doing a really brilliant job of representation, you know? Like it's very, what you're doing is very black, but it's also very universal in in what people appreciate as far as cartoons and animation and all, all of that stuff. So it works, you know? Like it's almost like you're touching on both, even if whether or not you you were intentionally doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I know we met like six or seven years ago, and we've had it's a couple. Been that long? Damn. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's almost ten years. Okay. Yeah, I, and when I think of it, I'm like, it was it felt like yesterday, but I feel yeah, so it much different has, <laughs> as a person now than when we were working back at our jams. Like, completely amazing experience. But now that we're in this space and time. How do you feel that your work is evolving as you've matured and as you've, you know, entered a new stage in your life as far as just being a man and the experiences that we have of 2020? Like, where do you see your art from now until maybe three years from now? Where I see it from now? I see see it evolving in a more sense of like me paying more attention to what I'm doing. From like when I first met you at like art jams, what I was doing, I was still I still was mindful of what I was doing, but I just wanted to to like make some 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 really cool shit. Mm-hmm. But like that was it. That was like the, I just want to make something that looks really cool. There's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that. But as I grew from that point, like especially hanging around with you, Michelle, and everyone else, like I started to like and getting around like other artists, right? And kind of like feeding off your energy, I started to put more feeling into it, more thought and things like that. Um, I see I see it evolving and from going from just trying to make something look cool to kind of like putting some kind of more feeling and kind of more meaning into it while still like maintaining that cool that cool base that I, that mm. I really I still love I still love it like if I'm going to paint something it's going to it's going to have some kind of cool factor to it either to me or to somebody else but I just see I just see it like growing from there all the way to like uh, just having more thought more details more 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 thought-provoking uh things in it, you know? definitely yeah awesome so there are many ways that artists identify themselves some choose to be called creatives others find artists and so on how do you identify yourself as an artist uh i think i just i think i'm plain and simple and like i'm an artist like it, it is what it is like 
I'm a I'm a I'm a weeb. Like I'm really into like the nerdy cultures and cartoons and anime and all the the movies and things like that. Like so, I'm just plain and simple, just an artist. Yeah. Yeah. What what materials do you use to evoke like the image that you want or any piece that you're doing? What are you like your main materials that you use? My main go-tos are just uh, acrylic paint. And now I'm starting to get into, uh, I think it's called a uh, modeling paste. It's kind of got a, like a little flexy, uh, when it dries, it kind of like, you kind of like play with it a little bit. Is it resin? Resin is, is my, is like, it's expensive. So like, I don't use it all the time, <laughs> but I love resin. Um, mm -hmm. I, I normally top it off with resin if like, I really want the colors to pop a lot more. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I, st I stick with uh, mainly acrylics. And I kind of like just like thick it, throwing it on thick, like layers after layers to kind of get that clean look. But mm -hmm. if I feel like it needs a little bit more of a pop that many more layers can't like really achieve, that's when a layer, um, that's when a, a resin comes in. And okay. resin takes like another level right there. So what was, um, you were describing that other molding thing before I interrupted you about resin. Um, what was that? What was that called again? Or like what were you? I think it's called it modeling paste, mm -hmm. I think. And it dry, it dries very thick. If you if you put it on thick, it dries is uh, yeah thick. I think it's called modeling paste though. I what use does it that, do? Like what does it do to the um? I imagery? use that for textures. Oh, okay. Um, if I want to like you know kind of give it like a little, I like I like grunge textures. So I I'll put that on and I'll like sometimes I'll make a like a little rake little tool. Like I'll take like a, a wide tooth comb or uh, anything that's just wide. Sometimes I take a uh, cut little stencils out of cardboard and kind of like just drag it along oh, okay. kind of just go like that trying to get that little grunge and then I take sandpaper when it dries and I kind of like just rub it all over to kind of give it more of that grainy grungy feel mm. yeah it, it that I think that that's definitely my go-to for textures that's awesome so um I don't know like I never asked you um and we've known each other for so long but do you have any formal training in art or are you mostly self-taught what was your experience as far as you know your journey as an artist uh journey as an artist it uh so yeah i went to um school undecided of course um because i'm thinking i'm playing football but i think my second semester that's when i was like all right let's give this art stuff a try and probably about a good i was there for five years so <laughs> so i was there for from like 2006 to 2011 10 i can't even remember when i graduated what school was this uh, Delaware State University. Oh, okay. And a shout out to my Hornets, the Delaware nice. State <laughs> um, So yeah, um, that's, I guess it's kind of a little bit of a formal training. I was not the greatest art student out there. Um, I got a lot of B's, <laughs> a lot of C's, because I just wouldn't stick to like the script itself. Mm -hmm. Like um, if we would do still drawings and stuff like that, like I would always throw in like, like a little character in the background. And like my teacher was very traditional and they hated that. So I would get like B's and C's off. I'll still do the assignment, but I would just get like lower grades because I did extra, which is so weird to me. It's kind of stupid, but I mean, hey, I mean, it is what I lived and I learned, but yeah, I guess that was my training. But after college, I think I learned more, hmm. uh, more after college from YouTube University. So I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> another thing that I wanted to say about like grading in college is I think it's a whole bunch of nonsense. I, I do feel like if art is everything, 
you know, there there shouldn't be numbers or letters yeah, that categorize what it is that you're doing. But I get mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe in a college attic or <laughs> I'm trying to find the word, an educational yeah, yeah. setting, um, perhaps because you have to learn the skills and the techniques, then, you know, the grading comes into play. But I've always felt weird about that system when it comes to art because yeah, we all was, see things differently and we all interpret things and yeah, it's not if, fair yeah if it's a space to be creative then let's <laughs> yeah everyone has a different vision of what's what's perfect or what's great exactly so, so it's just weird that i would get a b because you thought it was like okay but i'm sitting there thinking it was amazing <laughs> exactly yeah um does uh canvas size matter to you like do you what do you normally work in as far as size? I love large scale uh, canvases. Mm-hmm. I recently have tried to like, you know, kind of force myself to use smaller ones. I think uh, what I did last week was like a nine by 12. Mm-hmm. And that, that was for me, for some people that's super easy. For me, that's a super hard challenge because I'm just used, I'm used to like wide brush strokes and like hearing it, but I kind of got to force myself like be like more delicate more precise with my movements um but i definitely prefer wide uh large scale canvases like i just finished like a random it was a piece of board it was like 30 by 48 so it was like a large piece of one and um yeah so i I have a canvas that's actually it's six feet by four feet like i stole it from college like it's almost 11 years old now so wow I, I still don't know what to do with it, but you know, kind of like a dog when it like it chases a car, like, all right, now that I got the car, what I'm going to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I got that canvas from college and I still don't know what to do with it. I just yeah. love large canvases. I'm sure it'll come. I love large canvases too, but I have to admit the only large scale piece I've done is probably four feet. Oh, really? So I have work to do <laughs> and I would love, I okay. would love to explore large scale because I feel like most of the, the ideas that I have would function or like look a little bit better in large scale, but I've always done like, you know, 18 by 24 down. Oh, wow. And that's kind of yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah, that, that to me, that's like, that would be, if I was doing commissions, that would be considered my small. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, but that's still a good size though. Yeah, it's good, but it's like, it's timid. It's like a timid size. It's like, you're not willing to go out, you know? (laughs) So I love seeing how organized and curated your work is on social media. Even the space you created, like, online. What is important to you as an artist on the business side of things? It's it's a lot of stuff that's important on the business side. um, You just got to... It sounds like, you know, everyone says it, but you just got to, like, know your worth. But at the same time, you got to also know your audience at the time. Because at mm-hmm. the, cause any, like, I can, of course, like, charge anything. Like, oh, this painting is definitely worth $1,000. But my core audience or just anyone, just like, nobody just walking around with that. Like, the regular, yeah. the regular, regular person ain't just going to walk around. Let me just drop a 1000 on that stuff like that. You just have to, like, pay attention to, like, like who who you're promoting to, who you're trying to sell to. Right. Um, of course, of course, I know my worth, but at the same time, I know the people who are watching me, who are who are fans of my work and stuff like that. And I'm not about to rob their pockets. It's too mm-hmm. it's too much of that going on already. So I try to like 
still stay in like an affordable range for everybody, but still won't put me in the negative. Right. Like kind of sometimes I break even, and I'm fine with that. I, there's been times I've uh, sold paintings like way lesser than what uh, I should have, but hey, as long as some, as long as it's someone in someone's hands, it's good promotion. Definitely. Real, real. Like as long as it's not just your eyes on it, you're doing good. Yeah, so. definitely. And I like what you said about knowing your worth, because I think us as artists, we we don't always do things because of money. We do it because we love it and we do it yeah. because we want to share our work. So I get that. And I recently discovered that you can put people on payment plans too. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, I, 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 got a, I got a whole little uh, sheet for people to read for payment plans just to nice. let you know. So I went to school for art management. So I kind of ah, get the business side right. of art. So I kind of know a little bit. I'm not going to say I'm business savvy, but I kind of know what I'm doing. So, but I like to help. I like to work with people. Like, if you love art, art ain't art isn't cheap. So you're going to come out of pocket for it. But like, not everyone, like I said, is going to drop a thousand. So you got trying to work with the people is always a good idea. Excellent. Right. And I like that you said that you're in a school for arts management because I'm very much obsessed with that side of things. Is mm -hmm. the management side of art. As an art manager with that experience. Um, what advice can you give to artists who are starting out or who are established but want to be able to make a living for their work? Make a living? I would say you you kind of want to be you want to be on both sides of the fence. You want to do work that that appeals to you and that like kind of like you pour your feeling into, and you kind of want to do work that kind of like appeals to an audience, like mm -hmm. you, you like. At the time, like right now, some a lot of people love love celebrities and like of course they want Beyonce in their in their household to make something like that, like a celebrity that's popular right now, pop art, right. um, something that relates to people. Uh, like for right now, for me, like if I just make nothing but like a cartoon or comic book uh, pieces, that's only going to relate to like a, a certain a small little circle of people. But right. if I make something that's like wide, like Obama, everyone can relate to Obama. From people who read comics to people who stay, stay on CNN, that's more, you want to reach out to a large audience. But you still want to make work that uh, appeals to you to still have your feeling to it because you don't want it to, you don't want to just get stuck on the business side of it because it's not fun no more. Mm. And you're going to lose yourself and you're not going to, you're not going to want to do this no more because if you just do it for the money, you're not going to have a good time. What are some of the top things that an artist would need um, if you're trying to go that route as far as like making art your full time? What like what things must they have? A plan. You need a plan. Um, first time I went a uh, full time artist, I fell flat on my face because I didn't have a plan. Hmm. Um, you're not, I can't even give my plan because everyone's plan works different everyone's idea of like success is different everyone's plan right. is different depending on what your situation is so like you might have a big support system you might have a small support system mm. either way you need to cater that plan around around your situation um Definitely. but that's that's the number one thing i will tell if you're trying to make a make do this full-time you have to have a plan now it's not just because you have a plan don't mean it's guaranteed to work but it's going to help right if you just go in there blindly like oh, i'm just going to paint all day and yeah people are going to buy this now nah, you're going to be sol you're going to be sol like <laughs> you definitely got to sit down and like look up uh, business plans uh ways to attack it google is your friend 
Yeah. Google Google is definitely my friend, everyone's friend. It's always there for free. Like uh-huh. you definitely have to be on that like all the time. And you're going to be putting in more hours than you would at, at a normal job. So get used to that. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with what you said about having a plan and that not everybody's plan is the same as an artist. I hear that so much, like so much from artists, um, even from getting advice myself when I was starting off. It's never like going to be the same path, but I do believe like having a website and your social media is going to be a benefit for you as an artist mm. to grow the, that following and grow your followers and yes. get new clients that you may not have had before. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely need a yeah. website. Yeah. <laughs> like this, it's free ones out there. I get it. Some people don't want to get it because it's, it's going to cost a little bit. And it's, I mean, it's kind of an investment. But, I mean, at the same time, if you don't got it, you don't got it. But there are some free ones out there. So, like, you, but you definitely need one because people want that. Like, you right. can't handle everything on your own through DMs. It gets tiring. And sometimes, I mean, you don't respond fast enough for people. People want that quick, that quick reaction right there. If they want something, they need it, like, right then and there. Like, five minutes from now, they might not want it no more. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. So, I want to talk about one of your art pieces that I really, really like. If you can just okay. like elaborate more on the story. But if it's of a woman who's topless and she's kind of like maybe elevating in, a, in the air. Let me see if I can find it because I know you've done a million. Is she meditating with forearms? She is. And it's almost like a digital image. I think I know. Thing. She has an afro. She's brown skinned, per, uh, violet background. Yes. Let me see. It's coming to me. I think I I sold that a couple of years ago, and that was like one of my favorites. If that's what the one you're referring to. Hold on, let me check. Here we are. It sounds so crazy because, like, I'm trying to sit here and remember my own painting. Like, I paint so much. Like, yeah, I love them all. So it's kind of hard to keep track of them all. This is it. I'm gonna cut this part on the podcast. Oh, that one. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I just wanted to know more about that story. And before you start, I see that we have nine minutes and 16 seconds. Okay, gotcha. So we can keep the story short and then we'll conclude it. Okay. The, uh, the story behind that one was, uh, I think that was like a couple of years ago I made that. It was, it was the title of it was called, uh, what was it? I'm trying to keep it short as possible. But what, what was the title? It was called, oh, uh, God is a Thick Woman with Curves. That's mm-hmm. what that was the name of it. And that's why you see like the planets kind of like revolving around her. You, over her wrist, you see like the moon, and you see on uh, the other uh, wrist, you see the sun. It's like she's the creator of it all. I have another painting that kind of like, kind of like rolls into that called the creator, and it's a woman with dreads, and she's like in her hands, she's cusping like so she's creating someone in her hands right then and there. Um, so yeah, that was that was the whole inspiration behind that one that you just showed. Mm-hmm. That one's called God is a Thick Woman with Curves. Like nice. the title says it all. <laughs> I, I really like that piece. And um, are you dabbling into digital work more now? Or is it just another thing that you're adding onto the list? So like uh, digital, so digital, I do both at the same time. Like mm-hmm. a lot of my prints. Uh, so what, what people, a lot of people do with their prints is like they'll take a, a picture of it and then like print it out that way. I can't, I I don't have like the good equipment for that. So what I do is like, I'll take the original sketch and I'll just from, from the bottom up, just build on it. So you, so all my prints are like handmade. 
nice. like straight straight from a sketch and like I'm coloring in hand by piece by piece, like putting it all together. So it's, it's to me, my prints are like another form of an original because I'm honestly doing that from the from the scratch. That's really, really awesome. So we've talked so much about your work, but what are some artists that inspire you outside of like what inspires you to create? Who are like some of the artists that you look up to, some of the artists that you um, kind of like follow to see what they're doing to, you know, maybe motivate or inspire you? Um, from the, from the, from the like well-known perspective, I would say I'm definitely I I you know he's dead like Andy Warhol, um, yeah. Roy Lichtenstein, uh, Keith Haring definitely. Mm -hmm. um, funny enough, uh, Big Sean like he's not even a he's not a visual artist but he has an artistic mind mm -hmm. and like whoever his creative team is they always put something together that's like that's visually pleasing. So like I'm always like watching his music videos to kind of like get inspiration for colors, like different colorways and things like that. It's like whoever's putting those together is like kudos to them because it's, it always drives me to like do better. And like, yo, I wanna, I, I wanna do something like that. I wanna play with those colors, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, more peer wise, uh, Michelle definitely. She's a, yeah. like, I don't know if she even knows. She's like a mentor. Cause like since like art jams, I'm like, yo, right. I, I like her style. Like, I like what she's doing. And you know, um, it's funny, I, I hate to cut you off real quick, but as yeah. far as like Michelle goes, like I always seen you guys work as like you've come from the same art family, mm -hmm. <laughs> like you're kind of art yeah. siblings because you guys have like the childlike style of art that mm -hmm. kind of brings you back to that nostalgic feeling of like yeah. just being free and colorful and young. And I love that about both of you's work, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. oh no, 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 it's all good. Yeah, definitely. I feel that, I feel the same with like, yo, we're like Kendra, like Kendra art spirits. Like I mm -hmm. look at her and I'm like, all right. Cause like she got me into like poor paints and stuff like that. Ah. Like different, like little things like that. I was like, you know, I kind of, I kind of want to do that too. So I would like hit her up. Like, yo, how did you do X, Y, and Z? And she would yeah. tell me, she always break it down. Um, See, like Michelle, uh, there's a couple of people on Instagram. It's, it's hard these days because you don't know people's real names. Like, right, you know and it's like IG Instagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's this guy called Paper Frank. Uh, I enjoy his stuff a lot. Like, he has, like, a cartoon he kind of, like, vibes right. him as well. Uh, this guy, uh, Nuri Durr, he's he's very good. He used Copic markers mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like A lot of things, a lot of the people who inspire me don't necessarily work with just acrylic paints like I would. Like I'll kind of like bite, like kind of like bite off of that, kind of like yeah. look at it and like study their work and kind of apply it with acrylic paint and stuff like that. I would like to see your work on clothes, like for you to do, like dabble into wearable art. Like I'm trying, I'm trying. Actually, this one I'm wearing right now is. Oh, I'm nice. Definitely, I'm definitely send me send me the details for that so I can support. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have the little one wearing one too, but yeah, like your stuff would probably look really dope on like wearable oh, art. It. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, it was wonderful. But before we go, um, please let us know how we can follow you, um, where we can check out your work and just see what you're doing as far as the artistry goes. Okay. Um, so I'm most active on Instagram, uh, Snow God, um, at Snow God, S-N-O-W-G-A-W-D. Uh, spell it like that. I uh, spell it the way I say it. <laughs> um, my website, snowgod.com. 
uh, yeah, so I'm most I'm more active on those two right there. Facebook, not so much anymore, and Twitter, like I'm here and there. But if you really want to like get something, like, get a response from me quickly, definitely Instagram. Wonderful. Thank you so much, and I hope you, you have a lovely day. <laughs> you do the same. All right. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for tuning in into another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Here is your quote of the day. Without black, no color has any depth. But if you mix black with everything, suddenly there's shadow. No, not just shadow, but there's fullness. Amy Grant. Thank you. Subscribe. Peace. Have a good one.